0: Hey guys, get ready. Looking up is about to start.
1: Light as a bird, I could fly, that's the way. I always feel when your love melts away my fears. For I had inside trouble, mind mistakes I wanted to hide. How could I be alive for you? I'm as light as a bird, for you have shown all my weaknesses. You've known, still, you. So, the light I want to show is how you have loved me perfect. Light as a bird, I could fly, that's the way I always feel when you're alive. Melt away my fears, for you have revived, breathed new life to the dreams you put inside, dreams you wove deep inside my mind. For when I see you, look at me, I remember. The light I want to show is how you have loved me Perfect Perfect
0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to another amazing Looking Up show and wherever you are listening from around Australia or around the world want to give you the warmest of welcomes on this absolutely amazingly delightful Wednesday afternoon. I mean the sun is shining, the birds are chirping and we have a fantastic program for you today so I'm glad that you have joined us. Today, as our special guest, we have Elizabeth, or Liz as she is better known, Liz Branster. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to have you, Liz, and we're looking forward to hearing your journey of faith today. And I've had the privilege of getting to know you for a number of years now. How how long has it been since we bumped into each other the first time?
2: I would say it's about eight years.
0: Eight years ago, yes, and that was... Uh, Uh, a big moment wasn't it when we first connected over the phone and we'll probably talk about that as we go along because that's very much part of your journey and so thank you so much for for joining us Liz today and to share your story and over these uh, last uh, couple of weeks we have had testimonies we started off with Brett my next door neighbor Brett Weir, he shared his testimony, his journey of faith, and that was a fascinating, um, a fascinating story. Then last week we had Pastor David Bertelson, and he shared his journey of faith. Today we've got Liz, as we've already pointed out. And then next week we conclude this awesome foursome of testimonies with a good friend of mine, Matthew Smith. So he's going to be sharing next week. So these are, these are real keepers, folk, and these are great to share with others. If you don't have the Faith FM app, I would encourage you to download the Faith FM app. You can go to the, your app store and you can download that. You can also go online and you can listen to these podcasts uh, at, at any time you want. Every program is uploaded onto the Faith FM website. All you need to do is just go to the browse section there. If you have the app and look for The Looking Up Show... And you will be able to listen to any program over the last three years since the Looking Up show has been running. We also have an opportunity for you to respond um, with any questions, any comments on our Looking Up number, which is 4 888 That's 4 888 And also a big welcome to my good friend, Shell. Welcome along.
3: Hey, always good to be here
0: Great to have Shell in the driving seat And she's she's fantastic, she's our producer And she does a fantastic job While Charissa and Justin and little bubs Judah are away We're here pressing on And in the meantime, we're going to come back With some current events in light of Bible prophecy After this beautiful song So sit back and enjoy
4: Could I be called a Christian? If everybody knew my secret thoughts and feelings in everything I do, could they see the likeness of Christ in me each day? Could they hear His gentle voice in every word I say? Could I be called a Christian, if everyone would know, the places that I go to, would Jesus tell them so, could they hear His echo, in every song I sing, in my life is Jesus being seen in everything. want to be a Christian To live for Christ each day But wanting isn't quite enough When trouble comes my way Two roads are before me But only one will do Jesus walked the narrow road And I will walk to. Could I be called a Christian if judged by what I read? By all my recreations in every thought and deed? Could I be counted Christ-like I now work and play Selfless and forgiving To others every day To be a Christian To live for Christ each day But wanting isn't quite enough When trouble comes my way Two roads are before me But only one will do Jesus walks the narrow road I will walk Wall, the narrow road, I will walk
5: it too.
0: Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. I just want to remind you that once again, as always, we have our giveaway and today's giveaway is a pause for peace by clifford goldstein a wonderful little book a pause for peace we've got five copies of this and so stay tuned because in the next section in the second half of our program we're going to be giving you the code word which you will be able to text to our looking up number just a reminder, it's 04-888-17624, 4 888 the first five listeners to text in the code word when we give it, you will be in the running. Well, actually, you will take home with you. We will send it out to you, A Pause for Peace by Clifford Goldstein. And if ever there was a time when we needed peace, it's right now, Liz, don't you think?
2: Absolutely.
0: This is a crazy world that we live in and there's just so much turmoil, so much trouble, so much stress and strife. I mean, you've been around the block a few times, as I have, and uh, are you finding that this world is uh, getting even more and more stressed by the day?
2: I feel it's more and more oppressive day by day. You see it in the news, you see it on people's faces, and it's definitely a world that's looking and helping, uh, crying out for help.
0: Mm, So if ever our world needed a pause for peace, it's now people need a pause for peace.
2: Definitely, just that quiet moment.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And and speaking of peace, I just want to give a plug uh, to those who may be living uh, around the Newcastle area. I started the Discover Hope series, my latest Discover Hope series at the Newcastle University. They're right in the middle of town, uh, the new space university building there in Hunter Street, 409 Hunter Street. I started on Friday night. And we had a couple of sessions on, on Sabbath morning, and then we also had one on Sunday night. And we've also got another one happening tonight, Wednesday night at 6.30. So if you're living anywhere near Newcastle and you want to come and find out about how you can have peace in your life, how you can have hope in your life, I want to encourage you and invite you to come along to the series that I've entitled Discover Hope, Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. How applicable is that, Liz?
2: It's fantastic, and I can plug along too.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And you were part of the last series I did at Dora Creek. How did you find it?
2: Definitely. I absolutely loved it. It just made me realize that the Word of God stands true through Mm. all time, that prophecies are being fulfilled, and that we definitely are living in the days that Jesus has promised to set up his kingdom.
0: Mm, Amen. And if ever... Bible prophecy was relevant it's today isn't it there are some people that think oh how can the prophecies of you know two to three thousand years ago that were made in scripture those dusty old prophecies how could they be relevant to us today living in the 21st century in the third millennium in 2023 what would you say to someone like that
2: well first of all I'd like to say to uh, Daniel and John that both saw these things wow they would love to be living mm. in these times to see them being fulfilled. But if you open the scriptures and you actually see, it is so very clear. Jesus doesn't keep us in the dark as to what is coming upon us and to see prophecies being fulfilled like Daniel chapter 2. So come along to Danny's seminar yeah. up in Newcastle because you'll be revealed many truths.
0: You'll be The Newcastle University students are doing a fantastic job and they've got a, a Christian group um, there on the university campus, ASOC, they call themselves, ASOC, A-S-O-C, which stands for Adventist Adventist Students on Campus. And they're the ones organising this series that I have been um, sharing. And it's been wonderful to connect with students from all around the world, literally, a number yeah. of students uh, that are away from home, studying here. They're away from home. And uh, they have found a community of friends and faith, to, Fantastic. This is their new family. I mean, you can imagine what it would be like if you were a young person and you were now studying in a foreign land uh, that has a foreign culture, a foreign language. Everything is foreign, and to have to have people that have accepted you and embraced you and brought, their, brought you into their circle um, is very special. And, yeah, it's been wonderful to see that. So if you're a university student, especially – Come along, all the details are on the website, the Discover Hope website, which is at discoverhope.life. That's discoverhope.life, and you can find all the details there, including what's being shared. And tonight, um, we're looking at the subject of life's GPS. Life's GPS, the Word of God, in particular, His law of love, and how that is life's GPS to help us navigate from point A to point B on this sin-sick planet but as you pointed out earlier, to help us navigate from this world to the world to come.
2: Mm, Definitely. And the Word of God is definitely that GPS, and Mm. where would we be without it? I know I wouldn't be here today. No,
0: nah, it, exactly right. So we're, be get, we're going to be getting into your story in a little bit and um, you don't want to miss out on Liz's story. Liz's story is a huge, it's, it's incredible. It's just incredible. So we're blessed to have her on board. Now just a, just a, a final word on uh, this seminar, Discover Hope Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. You'll also receive resources. There's resources there that are available. You can get a free Bible. If you don't have your own Bible we'll give you a free Bible. There's resources. Um, there's even food at the end of each program, there's food.
2: Fantastic! <laughs> and we've
0: been enjoying food from the food pharmacy. Yeah, the food pharmacy have been supplying us with food. Now, I don't know if you've been to the food pharmacy, Liz. I haven't.
2: They're in I Cardiff. Have not- I haven't been there but I have had so many people tell me how fantastic it is and that I must come along. Oh, so- you must come
0: along. I've been there a couple of times. The food is phenomenal. Just Google food pharmacy and you'll find out. I don't exactly know what the what the address is, but it's in Cardiff. And um it's it's a whole health and lifestyle center there. You know, it's not just the food pharmacy, that's part of this big facility that that promotes health and well-being. And so there are medical, um, professionals there that will assist you and so on and so forth. And, and they've even got a church group that meets there on a Saturday morning. They meet there. It's a church plant. And so you can have your spiritual food. You can have physical food. You can have, um, you know, professional, uh, health practitioners, uh, help you and assist you in whatever you need. So, You know, the food pharmacy, I think it's called A-Tune. It's just come to me. A-Tune, I think, A-Tune, and uh, you can Google that and it's a fantastic, a fantastic place to visit and, yeah, receive much-needed help and support and encouragement from.
2: I've actually seen some of the food they've grown up at Stewart's Point there. They've got a lovely garden there that they... Uh, some of their produce comes from.
0: Oh, is that right, Stewart's Point, yeah. all the way up the yeah. road there on the Mid North Coast?
2: Definitely. Well,
0: yes. there we go. Fantastic. Well, that number again, folk. Oh four triple eight one seven six two four. Oh four triple eight one seven six two four. Any questions? Any comments? Anything for my friend uh, Liz? Share it. Um, yeah, she'll she'll love whatever word of encouragement you've got for her. Anyone would like to do Bible studies, anyone want to learn more about Jesus, feel free. Let us know. We're here to help. we'll, We'll connect you no matter where you are around Australia. You want to learn more about Jesus from his word. Let us know. Give us your details. I promise you we will find someone where you live. Even if it's in Timbuktu, we will find someone to come and spend time with you and share God's word and prepare you for the heavenly courts above. Amen? Yes. Isn't that right, Liz?
2: Amen, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. All right, well, we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about some of the things that are, that are in the news that are telling us that Jesus is coming soon. And, you know, as... As our listeners know, the Looking Up show is called the Looking Up show because Jesus said in Luke twenty one twenty eight, when you see all these things come to pass, speaking of his second coming, look up because you're what? Redemption. Your redemption is drawing near. Mm. So that is why we call it the Looking Up show. So the month of June has gone. We're almost at the end of July, can you believe it? You know, July is almost done and dusted. And so the month of June has um, well and truly uh gone it's behind us and uh we we know that the month of June in our western society these days it's only a it's only a phenomena in the last number of years I don't know how long but it's called pride month you'd be aware of that wouldn't you at least
5: definitely um, it's called
0: pride month and we know why it's called pride month maybe it might be some listeners that are like, why, why is June called Pride Month? Well, Google it. <laughs> it's because, I guess, the, the LGBTIQ plus community, um, they have set that month aside and, and it's being set aside by governments around the world, especially in Western nations, to, to celebrate to celebrate diversity. Um, and so what is fascinating, the, and, and we've been talking about this on our program, there's going to be a pendulum sweep. We... Have gone so far to the left, especially in our Western world, so far to the left, and Bible prophecy predicts this. Bible prophecy predicts it, that the pendulum's going to swing the other way and really, really hard. You're aware of that, Liz. We've talked about that in our seminars, and if you come to the if you come to the Discover Hope seminar there at Newcastle, you're going to hear all about that. Um, now, what's interesting in the United States? There's already a bit of a bit of discussion. In connection with this and how the Christians can have their own month. And so in June, there is a proposal by a congressman by the name of Mooney. He's a Republican. So they're on the right. The Democrats are on the left, just like here in Australia. Labour is on the right, in the, on the left. And the Liberal Party is supposed to be on the right. They're supposed to be conservative, but yeah. That's another discussion for another day where that's all going. <laughs> but Congressman Mooney has introduced into into the House, okay, a bill to designate Fidelity Month. And guess what month he wants to designate as Fidelity Month, Liz?
2: Oh, well, It'll be June. It'll be
0: June, indeed. <laughs> Check this out. This is what uh, Republican Alex Mooney has introduced this bill, HR four two nine four. This was given to me by one of my by one of my sources. I have individuals out there because I'm not online on Facebook and all that, and I don't track any of that. So I have individuals who are on top of these things, and they send me, you know, these stories that I can share on the radio. And so this is, um, this is this bill to direct the President of the United States to designate one month each year as Fidelity Month for the purpose of rededicating our nation to the values of faith, family, and patriotism now this bill was also co-sponsored by by three other Republicans and notice this is what he says this bill was inspired by Professor Robert P. George Director of the James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions at Princeton University Professor George is a native of West Virginia he promoted celebrating Fidelity Month in response to a survey published by the Wall Street Journal of over 1,000 American adults notice which showed support for traditional values has significant decline. A majority of Americans no longer view values like having children, being involved in the community or religion or patriotism as very important. And then he goes on. These are his words. These are the Republican Alex Mooney. This is what he has to say. Our survival as a country depends on the shared bonds of faith family and patriotism it is therefore fitting to observe a month where americans of all faiths and beliefs can come together to reaffirm and rededicate ourselves to our core values so isn't that fascinating looking to take us back to where we are here is here is some more in connection with this bill okay this uh, this is another Republican, a co-sponsor of this bill, Liz. His name's Greg Stube, and this is what he had to say. He's saying that the United States has lost its way. Mm. This is what Revelation 13 talks about. When that lamb-like beast will speak like a dragon, when things are going to change in the United States, when it's going to become religious, when religion will be prescribed and when religion will be enforced, faith will be enforced. At the moment, religion is being smashed. But the day is coming when religion is going to be enforced and when morality will be legislated. At the moment, immorality is being legislated. Notice what he says. As a society, these are his words, we've removed God from schools, encouraged elimination of the nuclear family, disregarded our national anthem, and ignored the Judeo-Christian values that America was founded upon. This is what it says. Fidelity Month will help ensure our survival as a country by reinstating the core American values of faith, family, country, and community for generations to come. Wow. This is straight out of Bible prophecy, folk. And um, this is where the train is heading. We're getting close to that pendulum swinging because of where we have ended up as a society. We are imploding and things are going to change. So, folk.
6: I've got peace, love. I've got to Faith FM, positively different radio.
7: And better the morals Faith that is fervently grounded in Christ, a hope that endures for all times. These are the basics we need to get back to the basics of. Send it out, just meditate and you can overcome every doubt after all man is a God they say God is no longer. speaks of love pure and love are the basics, we need to get get back to the basics basics of life. life, the basics of life.
0: Today we have an exciting guest here with us, Liz Branster, who's going to share her story, her incredible journey of faith. But before that, we want to remind you of our special giveaway today, our special giveaway entitled A Pause for Peace. Shell, tell us all about this book. We're giving five away.
3: Give him five copies away. That's right. And this is a Clifford Goldstein book. And if you've read any of his stuff, you know he's a fantastic author. This one is A a Recession Grips His Country. One that has nothing to do with money. It is bankrupting our home lives, depleting our personal energy reserves, and eroding our devotion to God. So we need to pause for peace. So this book Mm. is going to help us figure out how we can get out of that recession.
0: Well, praise the Lord. We all need to be out of that recession because... Peace is what this world is in, is in a short supply of. We need peace, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Bible says He is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus, Amen. so we all need we all need a piece of peace or a big piece of peace. So <laughs> we're going to be giving the code word away um, in uh, probably our next segment. I would say, so there's five books coming your way. That number again. Oh, 048817624. Pencil that down. Lock that number into your phone. This is our looking up number. Oh, 048817624. And the first five listeners to text in the code word when we hand it out, you will receive your book, A Pause for Peace, and you will be good to go. And you'll be peaceful forevermore. No. Well, you will have the peace of Jesus forevermore, even though this world may not be experiencing peace. You will have that peace that passes all understanding. That's what the Apostle Paul says. In fact, that's one of my that is my favourite scripture. Um, that might be a good way to launch into uh, your journey there, Liz. But um, Philippians four six and seven. I know that's a favourite of yours as well. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that is my favorite scripture. I have many, but that's probably at the very top of the list, and it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your hearts, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, in other words, we can't understand it, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a beautiful promise? That's Definitely. a beautiful promise, and I know that that's one of your favorite passages as well. Well, Liz, it's so wonderful to have you on our radio program on The Looking Up Show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's great to have you, and I know that our listeners are like looking forward to hearing your journey of faith. But before we begin and I yeah hand over to you, we're going to pray. I want to have a prayer for you, and then God will bless you and lead and guide you and bless all of us as we listen to your story. Father in heaven, we want to thank you again for the blessings of this day. We want to thank you for the miracles that you perform all around us and even in our lives, if we will allow you to. Father, today we're going to hear the exciting journey of faith of Liz and how you have intervened in her into her life and you have just transformed her life in a way that has been a blessing to so many, especially myself and so father i just want to thank you and praise you that we have this opportunity to hear from her may you give her the words to speak give her the clarity of mind and lord give us all ears to hear and minds to receive and hearts that are open to what we will hear today is our prayer in jesus name amen amen Amen. well liz you well know and i think most of our listeners know that the branster family is very near and dear to me i kind of see myself as the family pastor oh
2: definitely (laughs) pastor Danny, you are the family pastor and we are so grateful that you've been part of our journey and in our lives still it's fantastic and we look forward to eternity where we can Share all the ups and downs and ins and outs and looking forward to
0: that. So so people have their family GP, you know, their family doctor and I guess I'm your family pastor. And yeah, as much as I may have been a blessing in your family's journey, you guys have blessed me in the same way, if not more. So it's been great. We've had Leah, your daughter, share her story. Um, maybe one of these days we need to have your boy, Sam, share his his journey of faith. And today we have you. So, so Liz, um, let's let's begin at the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah. How did you come into the world? Where did you come into the world? Tell us a little bit about those early days of your life.
2: Sure. Well, my beginnings was uh, 10th of March, 1962. So that makes me 61 years of age now. But my journey began in... And you,
0: 16- wouldn't, you wouldn't think she was a day older than 50. She's got... So much energy, this woman, so much energy. Anyway, press on, Liz, I yeah, have to throw that in there. No.
2: <laughs> no, I was born into a family that uh, weren't believers. My dad had a Catholic background and my mother was uh, Church of England, and of course there, but there was never any like religious upbringing as far as you know biblical standards. There was church at Easter time and church at Christmas time. Which is when
0: people go to church, mostly Australians, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I was aware of, like, rosary beads and, um, you know, different ornaments and things like that. But, yeah, other than that, there was definitely no Christianity. In fact, I had totally the opposite. I had parents that drank a lot of alcohol, actually. So I guess I was brought up in a family of abuse and alcoholism.
0: Mm. How did that impact you?
2: Well, as I look back, it impacted me very negatively um uh I was everything in my life seemed crushed out. I didn't seem to be able to be the person that I wanted to be, and there was something inside me always crying out and when you're pushed down so many times and on top of that, I had an uncle that sexually abused me, and yeah, I think my my early days were really dark,
0: very traumatic,
2: very traumatic and very very. Um, cold.
0: Mm, wow! And just to remind, you might have mentioned it. I may have missed it. But where were you born? Where did you grow up? In what part of Australia?
2: Sorry about that. I hadn't <laughs> said that. I was born in Sydney, so I grew up in Sydney.
0: Whereabouts in Sydney?
2: Uh, in Lane Cove. So okay. a fairly affluent suburb, and I was very close to the city of Sydney. So I did a lot of my growing up. My youth was right in the heart of Sydney. Wow. City of Sydney. Wow. Yeah.
0: So any any siblings?
2: Yes, I have two siblings. I'm the eldest of three. I have a younger brother and a younger sister.
0: Okay, okay, so you mentioned that you grew up in a home where alcohol was sadly abused and and we all know the the sad effects that alcohol have on individuals and on a family. Being the eldest, uh, how did the how did the responsibility of being the eldest in that kind of environment shape you?
2: Yeah. Sure. Well, I guess even though I was never a Christian, I I feel in my heart I had Christian values. So I did try to protect my brother and sister. Um, But unfortunately, they both went down the path of alcohol or drugs. And unfortunately, yeah, it it was very, very difficult to see that because not only were um, our parents abusive, but we also became abusive. And, Mm. and the It seemed like, as the Word of God says, the sins of the parents, it follows on to the children, Mm. unto the third and fourth generation, and I definitely saw that.
0: Wow, yeah, you're right, and that's, that's in the heart of the Ten Commandments, so there, that passage, you know, unto the third and fourth generation, that's in the second commandment. And so, yeah, the consequences are far and wide. What about... Outside of your family, friends, um, the community that surrounded you, what were some of your interactions and are there any individuals that really stood out and, and helped your, helped you in your life and your journey? Because, yeah, you shared it was a very traumatic, uh, upbringing, those early days with the abuse and then being in a, in a home where, you know, alcohol was abused and I can imagine some of the side effects of that in the home. Were there any individuals that that sort of took you under their wing and sort of helped and guided you along?
2: Yes, I'd have to say um, when I got to high school I met a girl called Sharon and to this day she's never said that she's a Christian but she had a Jewish background and often she wouldn't come to school and I'd ask her questions like, Um, Why she wasn't there a particular week or day and she'd tell me about um, certain festivals that she was attending, Sabbath festivals and uh, mind you I never heard of Sabbath and I thought she was a little bit strange but but I will say that she was always such a caring, kind and loving Mm. person and I'm still friends with her to this day and um, yeah she means a lot to me.
0: Mm, wow! So that made a big difference. It in made your a life. big
2: difference because even though she is, is not a Christian, she had Christian values, and she was very much brought up to uphold certain Jewish standards.
0: Mm. So, what did you do as a young person? Primary school, high school years—you know, what kind of interests did you have? You said you spent, you know, a lot of time there in the heart of Sydney, where where you grew up. What are some of the things that Liz enjoyed doing whilst she was kind of, you know, well enjoying those early stages of life without the responsibilities of children and and all those things that come along with you know being an adult?
2: Yeah, no. Um, growing up, I was a dancer. I did tap, oh, wow. tap, and Scottish, and Irish, and classical. I won a scholarship. I've danced at the Sydney Opera House, and I've worn many different varieties of costumes and I think that was probably one of the things that kept me um, sane mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I met a lot of nice people in that um, industry and so, yeah, dancing to me was, was a very special part of my life growing up. I also had a father that um, was a avid North Sydney Bears supporter and he <sighs> used to drag us along to the football matches Every Sunday, and we were probably the only supporters they had, because I can re- recall seeing us on the TV, screaming and yelling uh, during matches, and uh, so. And then we'd go to the club, and uh, yeah, drink and carry on. So, yeah, two extremes. Classical well. dancing one minute, and yelling and screaming for a football team the next.
0: Wow, wow! So I guess that, like you said, that, that probably would have been an outlet for you, uh, a place of refuge where you were able to hang out with some nice people, some kind people, and, and enjoy something that you enjoyed doing. So I guess it, it it was an opportunity for you to get away from some of that, some of that sadness, some of that pain that you were experiencing within your own four walls at home.
2: Yeah, definitely. And also, too, like I believe that the Lord all through this time, you know, there were opportunities um, for me to have that respite and for me to build friendships, which I still have today. And I'll be hoping and praying they get to listen to this broadcast. Cause, mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So how, how did your parents cope? Were they, were they having a stressful time at work or just with life? They took up alcohol, Mm. both of them? Yeah. Um, Mum and Dad?
2: Yeah, I always recall coming home from school and Mum always had a glass of wine in her hand when she was preparing the meal at night and Dad would go to the pub after work and then he'd come home and have another beer. So I think but that was the way of the world. I mean, you turned 18, you were given a bottle in your hand, you were told that, this is what you do and I think that's probably – my father actually was the oldest of four children and his father went to war and his father was an alcoholic. So mm. I guess drinking was a natural thing for him to do. I think the same with my mother. Her father and mother – well, her mother particularly was an alcoholic. Um, she died from Alzheimer's at the age of 62. Wow. Um so I guess they had trauma in their life. I mean, my father had to witness his father's demise after coming back from the Second World War. Mm. So I definitely think they were impacted by things and surroundings that had happened to them mm. prior to them being married and raising a family.
0: So this was a coping mechanism. Um, like, you know, you take a Panadol if you've got a headache or, or or you look for some kind of treatment to alleviate that pain. So this was pain relief. Mm as it is for many people who many people are so depressed and down that they'll drink themselves to sleep, mm. uh, many people like that. Uh, but we know that there's a solution. We know that there is there is a the ultimate coping mechanism for the trials and the tribulations of life can only really be found in Jesus.
2: Absolutely. He's the water of life.
0: Yeah, he's the water of life, and he is that which nothing else can can. Equate with, you know, there, there is no substitute for what Jesus can do in your life. And so that's how you began your journey. And, um, yeah, well, what a way to begin. And so you, I guess, could not envision what God had in mind for you after the, that initial beginnings of your life and the way that God would transform your life. And so we're looking forward to hearing how God will transition you from where you were to where he would have you be to where you are today when we continue this journey with Liz. So stay tuned.
8: Be still, my soul. The Lord is on thy side. With patience bear thy cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order. Thy heavenly friend Through thorny ways Leads to a joyful end Be still, still, my soul Thy God doth undertake Guide the future as He has the past Thy hope, thy confidence Let nothing shake All now mysterious shall be bright at last
0: You sharing with us where you were at and how you had grown up in a in a family and in a culture. I mean, everybody was doing it, you know, finding any other way other than God in order to in order to get through life, get from one day to the next.
2: In the next chapter of my journey, um, as a teenager, of course, I started going out on Friday and Saturday nights with uh, my friends. We'd go to the local discos because back then it was in the seventies and eighties. And that was a big thing. That was the disco era. Um, me being a dancer, that's something I loved. I could oh, go You would have
0: been like at the heart of the action.
2: I was in the heart of the action. <laughs> in the thick
0: of it.
5: <laughs> I was in the
2: thick of it all right. Um, so, I mean, but it was actually in that moment that I actually ran into somebody on a dance floor one night at a mm-hmm. at a disco called Benito's down in North Sydney. And... Um, it was interesting because that person, his name was Peter, Peter Branster, um, <laughs> he had a girlfriend at the time and he met me and we got talking and we got dancing and I noticed that he could dance as well and I thought, wow, I've met my perfect match, you know. And, but he had a girlfriend and, yeah, that was, that was the end of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So we thought. So, so we, we thought. thought at the time. So where, where to after that?
2: Well, it was strange because back then you didn't have mobile phones. The only way you had contact was going down the road and finding a phone box or ringing from your parents' home phone. And or going
0: and talking to them in person?
2: Or doing that. I don't
0: know. How strange would that be?
2: Very strange. Talking to
0: someone face-to-face. I mean, who does that today?
2: That's called communication, (laughs) real communication. Communication
0: 101 (laughs) from the Garden of Eden (laughs) onwards up until the last 20 years.
2: Yeah, no. So one um, Monday morning he went to work. He worked for Computer Sciences of Australia and it just so happened that the receptionist there was one of my very close friends and he went to work on the Monday morning and he said, I met this girl on the weekend and I'm, she's just little and her name's Liz and, and I really would like to see her again. But um, And he, she said, the receptionist said to Peter, explain a little bit more to me and, and he did. And she said, I know just who that girl is and I can give you her home phone number.
0: Oh, wow.
2: So that was the beginning of... My journey, I guess.
0: So, how did this receptionist know you?
2: We we went to school together. We oh. went to cha- we went to Chatsworth High School together. Oh,
0: have mercy!
2: Yeah. So, and I'm still friends with her today as well.
0: Oh, and what's her name?
2: Her name's Catherine.
0: Ah, oh, Catherine, if you're tuning in, big big hi to you. So, so you connect with Peter. Yes. And where to from here? What does he have to say? Was he hanging out with his girlfriend or had he decided that he needed to move on to greener pastures?
6: Well,
2: um, I'm not sure where she ended up, Um, (laughs) but I do know that once he had contact with me, he turned up and I remember he had yellow roses for me. And he said the yellow roses are a sign of friendship and so he'd like to... Have a friendship with
5: me.
0: Well, I wish I knew that when I was going out with my beautiful wife. <laughs> well, she wasn't my wife, obviously, at the time. Yellow means friendship.
2: Well, that's what he told me. Oh, so... what,
0: I wonder what white means. Maybe white means peace. I want peace. peace. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to continually bring to my wife. I need peace. I'm sorry I've mucked up again. <laughs> and we know what red means. Yes. Red means I'm all over you, and as in. I I love you with all my heart and so forth. So, yeah, he brought these yellow roses.
2: Yeah, he did. And um, I guess from there we had a friendship and then, of course, he was not following any religion at the time and we went out for a while and then um, after a while we ended up splitting up and he was brokenhearted and he ended up going back to church and... He was brought up a Seventh-day Adventist.
0: Mm, so, because his father is Carl Branster, who passed away um, a year or two ago, and who we'll talk about his ju- well, well, we'll mention him as we go along because that's, yes. that's very much part of my journey. This story with the Bransters folk has... Connections with me and them, such as you wouldn't believe, but we're going to get to that as we go. It along definitely later
2: on. has many, many layers.
0: <sighs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so so Peter, Peter's going back to church.
2: So Peter's going back to church, and um, it was coming up to his twenty-first, and I really, really wanted to um, be able to connect with him for his birthday because I don't know whether 21sts are still special, but they were very special back then. And uh, I got in contact with him and I said, look, I'd really like you to come over for dinner for your 21st. And he started saying really strange things like, well, I'm a vegetarian, so it'll have to be a vegetarian meal and I won't be drinking any alcohol because I am i don't drink any alcohol. Anymore. and Anymore. <laughs> and I can't have it on a Friday night because that's the Sabbath. And, I mean, it was, it was getting to the point where I'm like, how is this going to work? Like and you didn't is...
0: even have Google to find out what all this meant. <laughs> no, and I'm like
2: how how are we going to enjoy ourselves? Like, you know, for me it was <laughs> dancing and drinking and bella the ball life at the party sort of thing and um yeah. Wow. Then yeah, so it, it turned out that we ended up being able to arrange something with him and a couple of other friends of ours and um And then at the end of the meal that night he was leaving and I went to give him a hug and say goodbye and he said, look, no, um, we're unequally
7: yoked.
0: Oh, have mercy. He threw that in the mix. You're not serious, Liz. Yeah. He said we're unequally yoked. Oh, that's, that's got to be the classic. That's got to be the classic.
5: It is when you. Thing to
0: say to someone who doesn't know where Genesis or Revelation is, let alone that they're in the Bible.
2: Yeah, (laughs) let alone any book of the Bible. I.
0: We're unequally yoked. Oh, Shell's killing herself laughing as I am. That is a classic. I love that. Yeah. All right. Carry on. So So what did you think when you heard we're unequally yoked? Did you, did you think this guy, he's, he's like, I'm not, I'm not some kind of farm animal.
2: Well, I, 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 yeah. Well, I sort of did think of a yolk as an egg yolk.
0: Um, You thought of the
8: egg yolk, (laughs) but
2: when I look back on it, I guess, that is the beginning of something too, Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? So for me, um, that's where the journey really began because I'd had years and years and years of trying to sort out my life mm. and um, because of the sexual abuse, I'd been looking for love in all the wrong places and just being out there in the world and always having a smile on my face. But it reminds me of the Proverbs where it says, the laughter... You're laughing on the outside, mm. but inside you're crying out. Mm. You're just mm. weeping for for reconciliation, for, for something to bring you that peace that we've been talking about. So definitely for me um, that was a turning point because not long afterwards Peter actually invited me to the Sydney Opera House where I'd actually danced before and I thought, wow, I can go back to the Opera House and it was in the same hall where I'd danced. Mm-hmm. And be exposed. So what year is
0: this, do you remember? We're talking 1970s. This was, uh,
2: this was. Or would 1980s. Have, this would have been 19. 19- Eighty-one. Wow! So John Carter did a prophecy seminar at the Sydney Opera House. Mm-hmm.
0: He's a Seventh Day Adventist pastor and evangelist. Evangelist. He's still alive. He's yes. got a ministry there in the United States of America called the Carter Report. He's still going. Yeah. <laughs> he I... must be like one hundred and fifty years old. He's still going. He's amazing, though, guy. He's got going. so much energy.
2: Definitely. So I I ended up going to that with with Peter and I just. <sighs> What could I say? I'd never seen, I'd never heard, I'd never imagined that the Word of God could have so many amazing truths and things that just aligned, like the prophecies of Daniel chapter 2 and, you know, Daniel 9 and um, verses 24 to 27, which is mm. part of the... A, a prophecy, the twenty
0: three hundred day prophecy. Well, that... Daniel nine twenty four to twenty seven that pinpoints uh, the year that Jesus would be baptized, the year that he would die, the year you know, the year that the gospel would go to the whole world. Just phenomenal prophecy. That seventy week prophecy. Yeah, connected with that 2,300-day prophecy or 2,300-year prophecy that connects us with the beginning of the time of the judgment and that period that we are in right now. We're living in God's final judgment hour before Jesus returns. yeah So you heard these things for the first time and things were now starting to make sense and I guess you probably felt now there's some hope. You know, there there's a future for me. There there's some kind of direction. There's a purpose in my life.
2: Definitely. And it made me realise that the Word of God was living and that it wasn't just a book mm. that, that that was full of words on paper, but it was actually a real tangible book that could give life and and strength and hope and courage. Mm. And so yeah, I started I started having Bible studies with Pastor DK Down.
0: Um, oh wow. Um
2: he's passed away now but That's
0: David Down. Yeah, David the, Down. The famous Yes, uh, archaeologist. Know, archaeologist specialist, yes. absolutely, with incredible presentations yes. on bringing archaeology to life and in simple terms for the everyday Joe.
2: Yeah, like I can remember like him sharing, you know. So he ha- did
0: Bible studies with you. What yeah. a privilege.
2: It was a privilege to learn of the Dead Sea Scrolls and <laughs> many other artefacts that have been dug up and how they prove mm. that Bible is true and living and reliable. So that was really those things were really etched into my heart and soul and, yeah, I began to, I guess, start a Christian journey where I was studying the Word of God and, um, yeah, just uh, I think things were different for me. Like the Sabbath was a strange topic even though I'd had it in the back of my mind from that Jewish friend that I'd had at school, mm-hmm. Sharon.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I love Sharon and, um yeah, so I think for me um, all those things were connecting. So when I started to hear about the Sabbath, when I heard about uh, when we die, that we don't go to heaven because, I mean, I'd had grandparents that had died and I thought they were floating around up in heaven having a wonderful time watching mm. me suffer and suffer mm. and suffer. And mm. when I started to see these things from the Bible, I thought this is so It's in harmony with a loving God because Mm. he wants me to be at peace and happy. And if I'm thinking my grandparents are up there watching me go through this torturous life, Mm. um, or I made it torturous myself at times, Mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is this, that there was so much clarity in the Word. So you're
0: thinking, how can my grandparents be enjoying heavenly paradise when they can see what their granddaughter is going through here.
2: And their own children. Mm. So for me that was comforting and there were other scriptures, just the promises to be able to claim and um, even tithing. I was like, wow, you know.
0: That would have been on the level of being unequally yoked.
2: Well, <laughs> as definitely. far as a strange phenomena
0: <laughs> for you to grasp.
2: Yeah, what's tithing? And uh, <laughs> But I can honestly say I've never regretted learning these truths mm. because, you know, it's God's money and and you're just returning what's his and he owns everything Absolutely. anyway. Absolutely,
0: yes he does. So in order to in order to find out how you could be equally yoked, you headed to to the Maya uh, I was going to say Maya Music Bowl. No, to the Opera House, the Maya Music Bowls in Melbourne. <laughs> That's how big gathering place in the middle of town there uh, where many festivals and concerts are held. So you went to the Opera House there and you heard um, Pastor John Carter share messages of hope and life um, and relevance and purpose from the Word of God. And so your life began to transform. Well, we're going to hear how your life continued to transform in the right direction and we're going to discover a lot more about your journey Liz because we're really only at the beginning there's so much more to share so folk we're looking forward to this next stage of the journey sit back and listen to this beautiful song and we will continue this journey with Liz immediately afterwards
8: do when it rains where do you go when the world falls on you who do you call on when all your hope is gone all your hope is gone and what do you do in the pain where do you run when you're thirsty Cry out to when all your strength is gone. All your strength is gone. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me, my yoke is easy. Fighting on, what do you feel like you can make it on your own? How long can you wait to hold on to his helping hand? Hold on to his helping hand.
0: We are enjoying this journey of faith with our special guest, Liz Branster. And Liz, you have have just uh, really blessed us so far with where God has taken you from where you first began to where you are right now. And this is certainly not the end of the journey. We're going to continue that in a little moment. But before that, we're going to give the code word. It's time for the code word
3: all right (laughs) time for our code word so for the book a pause for peace by clifford goldstein you can send in this code word l u for looking up 23 for our year that we are in right now and the word miracle so all one word l u 23 miracles so with an text. S on
0: the end. Yes, absolutely. Oh, miracles, isn't nope, that's what we it? Miracles. Said miracles. Miracles that's with an right. S on the end. Okay, and, and the number that you need to text the code word to, once again, is 048817624. That's 048817624. So get those fingers moving. There are five of these books, and you want to get your hands on one of these. A Pause for Peace by Clifford Goldstein. So we continue this journey, Liz. So you dropped us off at the Opera House where you went from dancing to discovering the good news that there is a God who loves you, Mm. a God who has a plan for your life, a God who wants to embrace you in his arms, his nail scarred hands of love and a God who wants to spend eternity with you. And that transformed your life and the way you looked at the world, the way you looked at yourself, the way you looked at people, the way you looked at the future. So where to from here? Will you now becoming more equally yoked <laughs> with <laughs> Peter <laughs> Branster, who, of course, obviously becomes your husband. So tell us where to from here.
2: Yes, well, so, yeah, after studying... Um, with Pastor Down, I got baptised on the 18th of December 1982 at Crosslands. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget that day. It was, I.
0: That's in Sydney, by the way, in case yeah, you're Yeah, that's wondering. in
2: Sydney, down, sort of down near Goldston, mm. back of Hornsby. Um, Beautiful spot. Beautiful it's lovely. Spot. It's a really lovely place to go. And uh, I was meant to get. Baptized by Pastor Down, but he had something wrong with his legs, so I actually ended up getting baptized by Pastor Turner. So, he is he
0: still alive? No, he passed away. Okay,
2: he's he's been gone for a while. So, um, certain events took place. Um, Peter and I got engaged. We got married at the Chatswood Seventh Day Adventist Church. So, Pastor Turner married us, and then um, we went on to have three beautiful children. Uh, My eldest son is James, he had a birthday just this month, and then my other son, Samuel, he had a birthday last Sabbath on the 22nd, and I have a youngest daughter, Leah. And uh, my eldest and my youngest are both married, I have uh, five grandchildren.
0: Praise the Lord for that.
2: Yeah, they're beautiful, beautiful kids, and uh, but... Peter and I, unfortunately, we were probably only married for a few years and um, it ended up in a divorce. Mm. And that really spoiled, I guess, my life and my children's life pretty much out of control in the sense that all of a sudden I was a single mum, I didn't have any money. Um, there were times where we, I didn't know where... If I'd have food to put on the table. But I just want to refer to Mm. some promises in the Word of God. Absolutely. Isaiah 43 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fires, they shall not be burned. Neither shall thy flame kindle upon thee. And I guess for me, just knowing that what was going to take place in my life over the next couple of decades, would, would prove to me to be um, uh, many miracles that would take place and also many trials and not trials necessarily that others brought on me. I brought many on myself and I was about to learn some real, I guess, heart-searching truths. Um, but I also want to claim Hebrews 7.25 mm-hmm wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost uh, to them who come unto him. And I I really believe that we can talk our testimony all day, but if we haven't been able to discover Jesus in his word, it's only then a feeling Mm. and it really needs to be a faith walk Mm. because when there's dark times and you don't see how you're going to get through, um, that's when faith really steps in and, you know, really being able to claim the Word of God. So fast-forwarding when we... So
0: how you, obviously, you you became a single mum while the children were very young because you mentioned that, you know, you'd only been married for a short time, three children came along. Mm -hmm. How old were the children when you were plunged into this life of being a single parent and bringing up three children basically on your own?
2: Yeah, um, James, my eldest, was five. Sam, oh, wow. Samuel was two
0: and Leah was 18 months. Oh, wow. that I, I cannot even begin to fathom. I know what it was like when my wife would leave me for a few short hours with our two girls. You know, there's two and a half years between them. And I was like, you know, every minute felt like an hour at times. And so here you are journeying on your own with these three young children. Mm.
2: Yeah, so... Um, but there was a blessing always. Uh, we were living in the hinterland of um, uh, behind Mudra Bar on the Gold Coast. So we were living up there, and my father in law at the time, or he was my ex father in law by then, but I was still doing some work for him. I was working from home um, with the Dimensions of Prophecy series, mm-hmm. and in my garage was set up 40. VHS video recorders. Wow, and um, and the main the main video of Kenneth Cox.
0: So, folk, um, if you're a little younger and you're driving home with mum or with dad or with someone after school, you're listening to the program. You need to ask mum or dad, what are videos? What are videos? What's a video player? We don't have time to explain that. You'll need to ask mum and dad. Hopefully they'll remember what a video is unless they're very young. They might not even remember. You might have to ask grandma or grandpa to tell you what a video is or what a video player is. But anyway, that's how we used to communicate once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> a garage filled with 40 video recorders. Could you imagine, Cheryl? What the What, what are the kids thinking? What on earth was in that garage? <laughs>
3: Just
0: imagine, they oh, I've had that reality. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Liz. So you're part of this um, production of these videos uh, from Pastor Kenneth Cox, who's an American evangelist, Seventh-day Adventist American evangelist. He's passed away. He's, he's now sleeping and waiting for the sound of the trumpet. You are there working together with your father-in-law, yeah, yes. Carl Branster.
2: Yes, so... My job was to essentially take the orders and and we got orders from all over the world and uh, in this garage myself and my three little kids would um, put the videos in, get the videos out, put the little stickers on, put the inserts into the, the video cover and put them in boxes and we'd load them up in the car, and we'd take them down to the post office at Madjurabah and we'd send these videos off all over the world. So even though things were not great, I would be able to constantly listen to the Word of God playing in the garage. I had mm. to know when the end was coming because I had to go and eject them out. They might <laughs> want to know what that is as well, so you had to eject the video out. And uh, so... It was a blessing to my kids in disguise because we were constantly hearing the word of God through mm. um, through Kenneth Cox's ministry. Mm. So, yeah, for me that was that was a real privilege. Um, but uh, yeah, also I had many miracles in that time. I, my motor blew up on my Tarago, and uh, I remember getting the bill and it was three and a half thousand dollars, and that was back. A long time ago, wow! Uh, probably the equivalent, probably to about ten or twelve thousand dollars oh, today. Easily, easily. Um,
0: this s- is this late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: probably mid nineties, okay. mid nineties, around mm. ninety five. This mm. happened. Mm. So, I have no, no car. Um, well, I had the car, I put it in to be fixed, and I remember getting with my children one day kneeling, and uh, we. We had a promise box, and we'd every morning we'd have worship and every night, and even though I was a single mother, I always, every morning, every night, I'd have worship with the children, um, and we'd have Bible stories, and for me it was the only way to cope. Mm. I, was, I, I thought, I can't cope unless I have God, and even then it was very muddled and disjointed. But I remember this day we pulled out A promise, and it's, my God shall supply all your needs according Mm. to his riches in glory. And I remember driving the kids to school. They were going to Reedy Creek Adventist School on the Gold Coast. And um, when I got home, I had a phone call from the principal's wife and she said to me, because I borrowed a car. I was borrowing another vehicle. And she said to me, oh, um, your car's ready to be picked up. And I said, "Oh, yes, I know that." And she said, "No, it's it's been paid for." Wow! And I these are the the miracles that happen along the way, and
0: hence that's our code word, folk
6: <laughs> miracle.
2: And also too, as the children like grew up, um, and you know, I always wanted to give them a good education. I really felt like the Adventist education was very good for them and it was good for me because it kept me in touch with with the, with Christian people, with the Adventist um, people. So my children, and we ended up moving down to Curranbong and the children went to the Avondale Primary School.
5: Okay,
0: that's um, in Lake Macquarie, uh, just south of Newcastle, in case people are wondering whereabouts Curranbong is. <laughs> yeah,
2: Kurumbong is, it's a lovely area. It's grown a lot since I moved there. It has. Um,
0: so when did you arrive in Kurumbong? What year?
2: I arrived in Kurumbong in 1996.
0: Okay, wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, before you continue on, just to insert, um, Carl Branster and his and the video ministry that, that Liz has just described that she and her, her children were part of had a huge impact on my life because at the age of 18, my mother had um, hired... Kenneth Cox videos on the book of Revelation at the age of 18 God miraculously transformed my life through watching those Revelation videos and we only found that out when we bumped into each other Amen. and when I'm like Branster Branster that name rings a bell that name rings a bell Branster 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 when I bumped into you and it's like Carl Branster yes I remember that was on the credits he was the, yes. the producer of those videos and so God used your ministry to touch someone in Melbourne and 18 year old unbeknownst to you who would then have a you know a huge impact and cross paths with you and your family.
2: Yes, a profound impact. Um yes, yeah,
0: so, so So yeah, so we're in Kurumbong? So Continue. we're
2: we're in Kurumbong, and my children um went to school there and you know when I came here I didn't have a job and even that literally I was walking down the street one day and I ran into this lady who was the wife of a friend I I'd met years before and uh, she said, oh, are you looking for work? I've got a job for you. Uh, another miracle because I was looking for work but for somebody to literally come to me off the street and offer wow. me work.
0: almost like an angelic experience.
2: It was. It was definitely a divine appointment. So that's, that launched me into nursing. So I started nursing Um I was nursing people, like caring for them in their home. Then I went on and studied, started studying nursing. I didn't complete it, unfortunately, but it did lead from one thing to another. But many, many times I just felt, how am I ever going to provide for my children? Mm. And then one day I... Because you
0: wanted them to have a Seventh-day Adventist Christian education, which costs money.
2: Costs money. So I get the children's... Um, yeah, newsletter one day and there was an ad for a cleaner, part-time, just a few hours a week. Um, it's history now, but I became a cleaner at the school and eventually went on to have a contract for the 7th Avenue School in Curranbong. So,
0: that went on for a number of years, didn't it?
2: Yeah, about 15, 20 years. Wow,
0: and so that helped pay those school fees and also put bread on the table and take care of you and your children.
2: Yeah, so another another <laughs> miracle. I just had these continual miracles where um, jobs were there and, and I was being provided for, so I knew God's word was, was in action.
0: Wow! praise the Lord for that miracle working power of God and one miracle after another. And we praise God for the way he works and the way he intervenes. We've got one small section left, Liz. You could talk all day, every day. This is a powerful story. But after this song, we're going to, we'll be, we'll be continuing with our final section of the journey that God has taken Liz on.
9: forest glades, I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul I think that God, His Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on a cross, my burdens gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin.
0: Well, folk, we're in the last stage of our journey. We've um, gone around the band. We're in the home stretch and this has been an exciting journey of faith for us to be part of today, Liz. We are just so thankful, so grateful. This story of miracles, one miracle after another. And uh, we've got a couple of books left for our giveaway, A Pause for Peace by Clifford Goldstein. So a couple of books left. If you'd like to have one of these books, please right now text the number, sorry, text the code word LU23Miracles with an S L U LU, the number 23, miracles, to our looking up number, which is 4 That's 4 Well, Liz, God's been providing, leading, and guiding. You've got three kids that he's enabling you to to educate in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school that costs money. He's provided work for you for some 15 to 20 years. What happens during that time? Share with us a couple more miracle interventions from God. You getting back on on a different path, because obviously it was a very difficult time, very challenging time for you and your children. So where to from here? And what did God have in store for you next?
2: Okay, yes. Well, so... We all. I was working there at the school and it actually um, gave the opportunity for me to have my own children employed. I was able to start a business, Crichton Cleaning, because I became a contractor. So I was able to employ a lot of people, including your daughter at one stage,
0: mm, Pastor Danny. Yes, she worked for a time yes. there. Yes, indeed.
2: And, um, you know, I still struggled a lot. There was still bills to pay private school fees for three children and I can tell you countless times I'd go up to pay the school fees and they'd say you're in credit like you're in credit by hundreds and sometimes it was thousands of dollars. Wow so
0: you had no idea where this money had come from. I do
2: not know so if you're out there listening (laughs) I'm just so grateful eternally grateful it's not forgotten people can do deeds and you know, it makes me think of that text, you know, the right arm shouldn't be telling the left arm <laughs> and, you know, these people never made it clear to me or to anyone who would that they'd paid it. And I just yeah, it these are miracles that took place in my life. But I was always faithful in returning my tithe, even though, you know, it was it was tough. Mm. So um things got very difficult for me and I, I wasn't walking with God, but I always knew God was yeah, there. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd really left the faith. I'd left, um, I didn't go to church. I didn't go to church for many, many years and I stopped taking, my children stopped going to church as well because obviously mum wasn't going. So if mum doesn't go, we don't go. Mm. And we just ended up just all doing our own thing. We were all really sort of in the world. And, but then in 2000, and um 10 I I was diagnosed with um cervical cancer and I guess for me that was the beginning of my journey back I was diagnosed with that on my father's what would have been his birthday on the 6th of July and I ended up starting reading the book the ministry of healing um by Ellen White and it just made so much sense to me and I just want to quote a verse from Psalm 103, verse 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all diseases. And I thought, you know what? I want to be healed from cancer, but more than anything, I want to be healed from sin. Mm, Amen. Because my life was out of control. Mm. And it was because of sin and making wrong choices and just disobeying God and what he'd been asking me and calling me to do. And it was... A real miracle that that even happened to me because um, I was unbeknown to me at that time, my daughter was going to end up getting a really, really serious illness that potentially could have taken her life. And so that happened just before um, Mm. Leah. You
0: you had remarried also by this time.
2: I had remarried and... He wasn't an Adventist. Well, he was brought up an Adventist, but he had not. He wasn't. When I mm. married, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't walking with God, and and he, married, and he wasn't a
0: practicing And he wasn't
2: practicing. And it's interesting. My journey getting cancer led to me having Bible studies with his ex-wife because. Wow. Um, we found out not long after I was actually had my surgery and I was healed and declared free of cancer that. Jane her name was, that she had developed um, a lump in her breast and was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I rang her and I I prayed several times that I could contact her but every time I rang her number she just never answered. And I remember one day I got on my knees on the balcony where I lived at Balcollin and I prayed. I said, Lord, please, if it's your will, and I know it is, that she'll answer the phone, well, Jane did answer that day. I got off my knees and rang and she answered. She said, this is an answer to prayer. Mm. She said, and I said, would you like to study the word of God with me? And she said, I would love to, Liz. So she lived up at Morpeth. So for the next 18 months, I studied the word of God with Jane. And Pastor Denny, you know the rest is history. Mm. You baptised Jane in her mm. mother's swimming pool mm. down here at Dora Creek, down yeah. that way. yeah, And... um. And, and
0: she shared a powerful testimony on her baptismal date, which I share often.
2: Which you share often. Yeah. And that smile on her yeah, face. Yeah. Um
0: with the two of us in her in the baptism and with her, you're there assisting me yes. as we're baptised. Yeah, that, that's that's a picture that I, you can't get out you of your mind. It's you just can't. a beautiful picture. Her
2: face just it was like I guess when it's like it was like it's Stephen like, yeah, when his yeah, face was lit up absolutely. with the glory of God. Absolutely,
0: folk, if 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 we could find a way to show you that photo on air we would. Yeah. It's just an incredible photo of joy and peace nobody would know. Yeah. Um The health of her, well, the state of her health. And she prayed first and foremost for spiritual healing. And Mm -hmm. if it was God's will to heal her physically, but God had a different plan for her. And now she rests awaiting, awaiting the sound of the trumpet or the heavenly alarm clock. Yeah, that was powerful.
2: Yeah. So
5: that was
0: powerful. Now we kind of skipped over, but. You had Bible studies with me and Leah, we had mm. Bible studies and I had the privilege of baptizing you and that was a very special moment and there was a real there was a real tug of war, a real spiritual tug of war in the lead up to your baptism. So the enemy didn't want you to head down that road and so he tried everything he could to try and put a stop to it but praise God, mm. he had the final word.
2: Yes, definitely and he should always have the final word.
0: Absolutely and I know that Leah's um, journey of faith, uh, you know, we've, we've heard her entire story here on the radio and we don't obviously have time to unpack that. But there were there were some miracles in connection with you going and visiting Leah and, and I mean, maybe just share one of those.
2: Yeah, okay, definitely. Well, one of the miracles um, was that when Leah was in the John Hunter Hospital in the infectious disease um, ward, um, I used to go and get her food from, the cafeteria there or where they sold their food because the hospital food wasn't really <laughs> that great and I'd go and get her some juices and different things and I remember going up one day and I was walking along the corridor from that ward to the food um, section there and I could see somebody in the distance and I thought, boy, that's a familiar face and as that person got closer to me, I recognised it was an old friend of mine, Rui, and um, Rui stopped and he said, Liz. And I said, Rui. And he said, Well, what are you doing here? And I said, Well, what are you doing here? And he said, Well, I work here. And I said, Well, my daughter's actually in here. She's been very ill. She nearly died in Costa Rica. And she's actually here very unwell. And I, I've been told, you know, time and, and again, she may not survive. And uh, I said, I'm really feeling like I need some sort of spiritual help. And he said, "I've got the number for you." And he gave me pastor Danny Meenoff's number.
0: Well, who would that be, I wonder?
2: I wonder. <laughs> so I't I didn't ring Danny straight away. Um, it wasn't until Leah was, um, ended up being um, admitted to the Sydney Adventist Hospital, that um, one day I was walking along the Fox Valley Road, which is down at Warunga one of the main roads through there, and I thought, my daughter is so sick and I'd already recovered from cancer and I was sharing things with her, but I decided, no, I'm going to ring Pastor Danny. So I scrolled down in my phone and I found it and I remember speaking to you for probably over an hour Mm. and I told you pretty much my life story in that time. I told you my children's name, names where we lived, I walked back to the Sydney Adventist Hospital and I went into the chapel and I remember getting on my knees and you praying a prayer and I always remembered you remembered every detail of what I'd told you. My Which kid. is
0: strange because my memory can be a little bit up and down. That, that was obviously a miracle.
2: That was a miracle then. Um, but it was a miracle mm. that um, just prior to her being admitted down there that she was in the John Hunter. So... God mm. allowed another miracle. He knew that Rui would be there that day and that I would need your number and that mm. she was in hospital at just that time. Mm. So there was miracle after miracle and so um that was really the the beginning of where you started more dramas with us. We started having <laughs> um yeah. I remember um You anointing Leah.
0: Mm, Twice for for her ulcerative colitis. Colitis. And by the way, if I could just um, chip in quickly... If you want to hear Leah's testimony, you can find it on YouTube now. Just go to Leah Hodge um her testimony. I think it's um it's something from it's called what, what what what's the title of it?
2: I think it's Rebel Raw Redeemed.
0: That's it. Rebel Raw Redeemed. Yeah, go to Rebel Raw Redeemed Leah Hodge on YouTube and you'll hear her testimony. It's very very powerful. So um yeah, how God has delivered her from not just physical physical um, illness but spiritual attack she was literally demon possessed while yes. she was there in Costa Rica and you were part of that experience and you know she talks about that yes. um, in her story so yeah back to back to what you were sharing regarding um you know Leah and um and and this whole journey of faith and you know the baptisms that that came as a result of of God's intervention not just in your life, but also in Leah's life and in Sam's life, your son, and also in your granddaughter's, mm. you know, Shahara. And, you know, God's not finished yet.
2: No, definitely not. So we all started studying the Bible. It was funny, um, at the same time that I was on a journey, and then Leah got on the journey, and it all seemed to have to do with health. And I mm. know you love health, mm, Pastor I do, yes. Danny. So, um, we kept being directed, directed, directed to health and well-being and uh, it's all through the Bible mm. because you can't just have physical healing. You've got to have spiritual healing. Mm.
0: It's holistic It's health.
2: holistic and it um, reminds me of this verse. I just want to share it with you. Um, through all the trials that we were going through, this verse really st- stuck out to me. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So mm-hmm. through all this, God was holding my hand. He was holding my children's hands and we studied. We all got baptised mm-hmm. simultaneously and my granddaughter, my son Sam who was studying um prophecies Mm. and different things too. And we all sort of connected. So we didn't get baptised together. But when I say simultaneously, all through that same year, Mm. I got baptised and Leah got baptised before she even got married.
0: Yeah, that's right. And that's another story in and of itself. And, um, And I was studying with Sam and his girlfriend at the time, Jade. And you know, just to see the journey that God was taking them on. So you can just see all these miracles, just God pulling all these miracle pieces together in order to bring about the end result. And so it's been exciting to hear this journey. We've only got a few short minutes after this song to have a closing word from you. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this beautiful song and we're going to uh, finish up with a few final thoughts.
10: Feel I know. For I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness name, mm-hmm. and I will uphold right
0: hand my righteousness. We've been on this exciting journey with Liz Branster. She's been sharing with us the way God has worked in a mighty and powerful way in her life. And so Liz, we just want to thank you so much for, for your ministry to all of our listeners today around Australia and around the world. And we praise the Lord for that. So now we're in 2023. God has performed yet another miracle. Where are you right now?
2: Well, I'm actually the cleaning supervisor at Avondale University.
0: Wow. And, um, did you, did you, gun for that job? Did you put your hand up for that job? Or did that job basically land in your lap because of God's miracle grace?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, No, I was not looking for a job. I was actually working at the sanitarium in Berkeley Vale as a forklift driver. And I'm a granny with you know, grandkids, and that's probably a pretty strange job to be occupying. But
0: Forklift driver. <laughs> yeah,
2: but that's what I was doing. And then I was actually at somebody's house, um, Jaden Green, who's studying to be mm. a minister of the gospel, and I was at his place um, meant to be there helping him prepare for something when his mother brought out this application and said, why don't you apply? And And then I showed my daughter and she said, well, I don't think you should do that. But anyway, I applied. <laughs> a few months later... I got the job. Praise the Lord. He's opened the doors in wonderful ways. I've been able to... Since I've been there, I've now taken two sermons. I do devotions in the morning. This
0: is at your church, Dora Creek, yeah.
2: Yes. uh... You do
0: devotions every single morning with your work staff. Yes. It's phenomenal. You wouldn't have dreamed of this.
2: No, with the students. (laughs) You get
0: paid to do this.
2: I I get paid to do this. I get paid to have devotions with and pray with people and sing with people. And God's opened the door for me to take sermons. And honestly, I don't deserve it. Mm.
0: And you run deserve. many health programs and I you're run. heavily involved in that. And, you know, people pull you in for all sorts of things. They don't necessarily tell you ahead of time. You just find out, hey, you're involved in this team. You're involved in that team.
2: Yes, yeah, So, um, but it's good to be in a team, isn't it? And mm, that's what amen. God's church is. It's, it's, it's not a one man band. We all pull together. And, um, I just want to hold a thought there because of my life and where it's been. Um, I just want people to be encouraged if they are down or they feel like they've walked away from God or there's a couple of texts I just want to quote, Romans 5.20, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Mm. And if your heart condemns you, he is greater that is within Mm. you, that is without. And I just want people to know that I've experienced that but because of God's grace... You know, he's been able to open doors for me, lead me, guide me. And when the devil's trying to tell me, you know, you can't do this or whatever, greater is he mm. that is within. And Amen. all glory to God for what he's done in my life.
0: Amen. What a great way to end. Well, Liz, would you like to have a closing prayer with, with our audience?
2: Definitely. Our loving Father in heaven, you just, you've just you given all in giving your son Jesus on the cross. He took my place and he's taken the place of listeners that might be discouraged today. Wherever our walks of life may be, Lord, you never stop to see us. You are forever looking down upon us. You know the numbers of the hairs of our heads. You intimately know us, Lord, and you want to save us. Mm, Amen. I just pray today that we will accept you into our hearts and in our lives and just live for you as you've lived for us, Lord, and it's impossible without you. So, Please bless us, I
0: pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Once again, Liz, thank you so much for joining us on The Looking Up Show today. Your story has been an inspiration to us today, and I believe that it will speak to those in the future just as powerfully as it it has spoken today. So, folk, it's been great to have you on The Looking Up Show today. I hope and pray that you have been blessed. I hope and pray that you'll share this message far and wide With each and every person, friend or foe, everyone needs to hear this message. And in the meantime, until next time, remember faith, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. Keep looking up and we look forward to joining you next time. God bless. Until then.
8: Keep looking up.
0: Don't give up. Don't give up. When
8: there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Should the tears begin to start, with a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me. In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus You can have all this world me, Jesus, when I am alone, when I am alone, oh, when I die, oh, when I come to die, give me Jesus, give me Jesus.